Well, why don't we do that right now? Just go to the Lord quickly in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this new year. We thank you for the hopes and dreams that you've given us. And Lord, we just want to lay this whole year before you and ask that your will be done. Lord, we also want to cast all our cares and our burdens upon you. And Lord, we know that you will meet us at every point in need that we have. For the rest of the service, Father, we ask that you'd be glorified, that you would teach us, that you would guide us, that you would lead us. And uh, we ask this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about traveling, but uh, one of my daughters, who shall remain nameless, uh, gave me this travel mug with some words of wisdom. So I thought I'd share that with you. It says, be careful, or you will end up in my sermon. (laughs) So, just a word of warning to everyone. (laughs) We are going to talk about traveling this morning, and uh, GPS is an amazing thing. I do not have a great sense of direction. I do not even have a good sense of direction. Let's just say it's pretty poor, and we will leave it at that. Um, I am very dependent on things to help me get from point A to point B. Uh, I chose my first apartment based on the fact that it was only five minutes away from where I was going to work my first job. I made a left out of my apartment complex, went two miles, made another left, and the building was on the right. Even I could find that. On our honeymoon, I had a great navigator. Thanks, honey. We also used AAA Trip Tick. Anybody remember those things? Anyone ever use them? Yes, a Trip Tick. (laughs) Um, We got there and back. No wrong turns. I think that was the last time in my life. And now with our travel trailer, we have GPS on on my phone um, that gives us turn-by-turn directions. It's even programmed so it knows my travel trailer's length and height so we don't go the wrong way, get stuck. It gives us a safe RV route. It's amazing. It's amazing. I need these helps to get me to where I'm going. But it's not just traveling that I need help, direction, and guidance. It's also on the highway of life that I need a lot of help, direction, and guidance. And I think all of us need help in that area. I mean, how do we meet and handle the difficulties in life? How do we maintain our relationship with God in life? And how do we make the hard decisions in life? The good news is that if we are Christians, we do not travel alone without help. God will show us the way. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, we read, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. 
and you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. I love this passage because of its comfort and its simplicity. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I love that God wants comfort, peace, and joy for our hearts. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. That's the bottom line. Trust and believe. And we know the way. You know, so many times in life, I am totally lost. But it's nice to know that we know the way. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is our North Star, our roadmap. He's our GPS, if you will. So with this in mind, I want to address those three questions that I mentioned earlier. If Jesus is the way, then how do we meet and handle the difficulties in life? How do we maintain our relationship with God in life? And how do we make the hard decisions of life? And to help answer that question, we are going to obviously go to the Word, and we are going to go specifically to Proverbs But why Proverbs? Well, Chuck Swindoll, a famous author and pastor, states that the purpose of the book of Proverbs can be summed up in five points. To inspire reverence and obedience. To teach discernment. To develop alertness in our walk. To establish discretion and purpose in life. And to focus the mind. And so with that in mind, will you turn to Proverbs chapter 3, Five and six. And this is the proverb that we're going to focus on this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Many of you know this by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. This passage is the answer to our three questions. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Question one, how to meet life's difficulties. Life is difficult, correct? Does anyone doubt that? All right. Rick Majerus, he's a former college basketball coach who had a sense of humor He once said, everyone's worried about the economy this year. However, my hairline is in recession, my waistline is in inflation, and altogether I am in depression. (laughs) That is true for some of us. (laughs) But life is difficult, isn't it? Life is painful. It can be a very rocky and painful journey. Verse 5 says that we are not to lean on our own understanding. Now the word lean is the idea of supporting oneself, like on a staff, trying to do it ourselves. And yet that's how many of us try to tackle the difficult things in life. We want to do it our way, we want to do it ourselves, and it results in worry, anxiety, discouragement, even depression. 
And we end up staying in that valley. Because there are difficult difficulties in life that we cannot solve or handle on our own. There are times when we reach the end of ourselves and difficulties have a way of exhausting our strength and the ability to cope with what we are going through. And fortunately, the Bible tells us what to do when we reach that point in our life. Because we do not have to bear our own burdens and face our own difficulties in our own strength. So instead of leaning on our own understanding, we are told to trust in the Lord with all your heart. The word for trust in this passage has the idea of running to a refuge for safety. Running to something that you trust to protect you, as in a time of battle. That's the idea behind this word, trust. It's to get behind the safety of a castle wall. So when we have difficulties, and we will have them, we are to run to safety. We are to run to Jesus. God makes this very clear in his word. In Deuteronomy, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. In the book of Ruth, it says the Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Or in 2 Samuel, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from mine enemies. Or in Psalm 9, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I could literally spend all morning reading all the verses in the Bible that tell us that we have a refuge in God, that he is our stronghold, that he is a rock, that he is a fortress to run to. To trust in the Lord with all our heart is to do as the psalmist says in Psalm 55:22, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And in the New Testament, Peter tells us the first thing in First Peter, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's how we handle the difficulties in life. We run to our refuge, we run to the Lord. And we are going to do that right now in prayer. I'd like you to silently lift up to God whatever your burdens are, whatever your struggles are, 
And after a moment of silence, we will have one of our elders, Mike Enslin, come up and then lead us in prayer. So let's go to prayer silently right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. If the highway of life leads us through difficulties, we are promised that the Lord will be with us. We will not have to face those difficulties in our own strength and power. We can cast all our burdens onto Jesus because he cares and he can be our refuge and our strength. Question two, how to maintain the devotion of life? One of the dangers we face on this highway of life is losing our fire, our devotion, our thirst, our hunger for God. It's been said that the older we get, the colder we get. It's true for me, both physically and spiritually, and for many of us that's true. Charles Spurgeon, the famous British preacher of the 19th century, once said, We need red-hot, white-hot men and women who glow with intense heat, whom you cannot approach without feeling that your heart is growing warmer, who burn their way in all positions straight onto the desired work, men and women like thunderbolts flung from Jehovah's hand, crashing through every opposing thing till they have reached the target aimed at. Men and women impelled by omnipotence. Are we that man or woman? Or has our love grown cold? And this is both individually and collectively as a church. It is far too easy to lose the fire in our hearts. The Apostle John writes in Revelation, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would you that you were either cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
We do not want to be neither hot. Well, we want to be hot. We want to be hot. We do not want to be lukewarm. So how do we maintain this fire, this devotion to Christ? We need to know God. In 2 Peter 3 it says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to grow in this grace of knowing Jesus, of learning more about Him. This is essential in keeping our hearts red hot, as Spurgeon said. The more we learn, the more we will be drawn to Him. So how do we do this? How do we learn? Well, it's really a simple Sunday school answer. We need to read the book. We need to read the book. A map doesn't do much good if you don't look at it. GPS is useless if you don't listen to it. We need to read the book. And so this year, let's read the book. And second, we need to be aware of God. The passage in Proverbs says, In all our ways... We are to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. This means in everything, in everything that we do. It means that the Lord is not just someone we have an occasional fellowship with, but one in which there is constant fellowship. We are called to have an awareness of God in everything we do, everywhere we are. If we're at work... We need to be aware that God is there. If we're at school, God is there. If we're at home, God is with us. If we're having fun or traveling, God is right there with us. And if we're in difficulty, God is there. There's nothing that we can do in which he is not included. There is nowhere we can go that he is not with us. God is not just God on Sunday morning. He is the God of every day, of every hour, of every minute, everywhere. And we need to have this awareness to be aware of the Lord in everything we do And everywhere we go, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And so how do we do this? How do we maintain our devotion? We know God by reading his word and we are aware of God always in everything we do and every place we are. I want us to reflect on this point, and as we do, we will have some special music. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Draw us near, Lord. Draw us near. Question three, how to make the decisions of life? What do we do when we need guidance and direction? Verse 6 tells us that if we trust in the Lord, acknowledge Him in all our ways, 
then he will direct our paths. Again, this highway of life often brings us face to face with important decisions that we need to make. And the promise of God is that he will guide us and he will direct us. Psalm 32 and verse 8 has a promise from God. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And in Psalm 48, it says, This is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. God is forever. He will guide us forever. What a promise. What a promise. And so whatever decision we have to make, the Lord will direct our paths. What school to choose, what classes to take, the Lord will guide. What career to pursue, what job to do, the Lord will guide. Where to live, who to be friends with. Whatever the next step is, whatever the next decision is, the Lord will guide. The Lord will never lead us in a wrong direction. We never have to fear him leading us in a way that is detrimental to us. So what are some steps to take to help us to know the way in which we should go? To be able to hear God's guidance for us. Well, I have 12 questions to get us started when making a decision. This was a handout that you should have gotten when you came in. If you didn't get it on the way out, I'm sure there's still some there. But there's 12 questions. Question number one, when we're trying to make a decision, does the Bible specifically speak about it? If the Bible says no, we have our answer. If the Bible says yes, we have our answer. Does the Bible specifically speak about it? Question two, how would it affect my influence on non-Christians? If I make this decision, if I make this choice... We'll draw non-Christians closer to Christ or we'll draw them away? How will it affect my influence on non-Christians? Number three, will cause others, in this case Christians, to stumble? Am I my brother's keeper? This is audience participation time. Am I my, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, if I do this, Will it cause another Christian to stumble? Then don't do it if it will. Number four, will it harm my body? Five, will it hurt my mind? God does not want us doing things detrimental to ourselves. Six, is it good stewardship of God's time and money? Is this something worth doing? Seven, will it help me to serve others? We are all called to be servants. This decision, this choice I make, how will it help me to serve others? Eight, is it worth imitating? 
Parents, you know this. There are things that you don't do because you don't want your kids doing it. We're all children of God. Is what I'm going to do, is it worth imitating? Would I want my children to imitate this? Would I want the children of God to imitate this? Number nine, can I do it for the glory of God? Because everything we do, we're supposed to do it for the glory of God. Ten, would Jesus Christ want me to do it? Eleven, will it master me? We are not to be slaves to anything. And if I do this thing, will it cause me to end up in slavery to that thing? So will it master me? And finally, number 12, is it best? Is this the best use of my time? Is it the best use of my resources? 12 questions to help us get started on making a biblical and godly decision. Those are not the only questions you need to ask, but it's a good start. And in addition to God's word, we should seek out godly counsel. In Proverbs, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. It's okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask other godly men and women if they would pray with us, if they would give us counsel. And finally, we are to seek God in prayer. I want to read what Solomon did when he had some decisions to make. Solomon loved the Lord, and he walked in the statues of David his father. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on this throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? And God granted his desire and gave him wisdom. And wisdom is not just for Solomon. God also wants to give us wisdom and direction. In the book of James, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, 
and it will be given him. If we need help in making decisions or we're not sure what direction to go, read the word. Seek counsel. Pray for wisdom. This is how we make the decisions in life. Read the word, seek counsel, pray for wisdom. God is with us to meet life's difficulties. God will help us maintain devotion to him. God will give us wisdom and guidance to make the decisions we need to in life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That is God's GPS for us. It's God's roadmap for this new year. And so I hope that we will trust in the Lord with all our heart. That we will not lean on our own understanding. That we will acknowledge him who is faithful and true. And if we do, then as he has promised, he will make our paths straight. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling on that path and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.